Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Today we have on the show Gung Wang, who's the co-founder and CEO of Civic Champs. Gung, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Or I should say welcome back because you are the second ever recording casualty of Startup Competitors. <laughs> an entire episode and then magically got lost in the cloud somewhere. No, no, no worries. Hopefully the second time will be even better. It's got to be even better. That's what I tell myself. That's right. Well, let's start with a quick pitch for Civic Champs. What do you guys do? Sure. So Civic Champs, we're a social enterprise based here in Indiana. And what we do is we help automate the volunteer process. Uh, for both the nonprofit and the volunteers uh, to make it uh, a seamless experience for both parties. And so what does that mean? Basically, if you think about volunteering today, there's a lot of points of friction, whether that's, you know, finding a, a schedule and signing up with a nonprofit, whether that's tracking your hours, right? Everyone has the experience of signing in and out of a piece of paper with you know, most people don't think about is then someone has to manually type that information up into a spreadsheet of some sort. You know, we try to automate all of that and, and make it easier for the um, the nonprofit and try to give them back some capacity. Awesome. So if I let's walk through user experience just a little bit. If I'm a volunteer, what's my experience? And then if I'm a organizer, what's my experience? Sure. So if you're a volunteer, you can interact with us in, in a number of different ways. We have a mobile application called Civic Champs. You can download it on the, the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And basically, you know, if you show up at a volunteer site that's using us, you're, you're going to get a prompt that says, hey, are you here to check in today uh, or volunteer? And you say, yep, that's it. Um, and that checks you in. You, there's no paper to sign. And then you can check out with us. This month, and we're also launching our scheduling tool for volunteers when uh, uh, signing up for a shift. Uh, they must, you, you could do that online. Um, and then sort of the magic that happens there is if you have signed up with a shift for a, a volunteering opportunity, and then you show up at that, that opportunity, we'll automatically check you in, right? You're scheduled to be there. You're there. You're checked in. And when you leave, you'll be checked out for fully automated um, so that's the stuff that we're working on for volunteers. And then for the nonprofit, right, the experience is, you know, um, a very easy and intuitive dashboard that you can set up the scheduled events uh, that people can sign up for and or you get all this nice rich data uh, from folks checking in and checking out. The other way that people interact with us is through our kiosk. So some of the nonprofits say, hey, you know, we have uh, uh, a site here. Uh, where you know we funnel all our volunteers through, and so we have an iPad or a laptop kiosk that uh, nonprofits often use, um, and so that's another way that uh, people interact with us. And then, last but not least, you know, for administrators, we can check in uh, volunteers uh, on their behalf through their own mobile phones as a as an um, admin. Then paint a picture of current status of the business. Any vanity metrics or key stats you want to share? So a listener has an idea where you guys are on the journey? Sure. So we launched last May. Uh, so still pretty young as a, as a company. But since then, we started working with about 40 different nonprofits, uh, both in Indiana and um, in other uh, states. 
Uh, currently, I'm in Pittsburgh, so that's another big market for us uh, right now. And we uh, we have a new partnership that we're really excited about that's uh, going to go live in, in February with uh, Mentor. Uh, their website is mentoring.org. And so basically, instead of just tracking hours, we're going to, for mentorship organizations, uh, track the interaction between mentor and mentee as well, all through your mobile app to make it really easy and, and, and something you don't have to, you know, uh, do when you get back to the office or back at home on your uh, uh, desktop. Um, and then, yeah, we, you know, we generate around $6,000 per month right now. It's our MRR. Um, you know, that's triple of what we had in, uh, in November. And so that has been also growing quite quickly. So uh, are, can you talk about the mentor partnership? Sure. Yeah. So we, um, so that partnership is being funded by the Schultz Family Foundation, Howard, uh, the Starbucks, uh, the founder of Starbucks Family Foundation. And they, uh, have a program with employers where they're targeting opportunity use. So these are 16 to 24 year olds who are not going to school and are underemployed, right? And so there's a number of national employers, think the, um, you know, Home Depot or Starbucks who hire youth like this and, and, you know, want to give them an opportunity to build their skills and, um, you know, have job experiences. Uh, one of the challenges though is that, uh, with opportunity youth is often they don't have the social capital or maybe the network to ensure that they, they succeed in their new jobs. And so mentorship is a great way to sort of provide them that support, right? So having a mentor that, you know, maybe you can borrow their social capital or they can give you guidance on, on how to best integrate into this company. And, you know, it helps with retention and all these number of things. The challenge, I think, is with this program and, and, and other programs is having a, a real-time insight into whether the program's working or not uh, and for different mentees or mentors, right? There's, it's very hard uh, today to see, okay, well, did my mentor actually meet with their mentees and how often? And do they have positive interactions with them or not, right? And what do they talk about, right? And so that's what we're, we're working with them on is providing an easy way for both mentors and mentees to essentially provide that type of feedback so you can see in real time what's working and what isn't and having its interventions if, if necessary, right? And can you, are you allowed to talk about how you got that partnership? I'm super intrigued. Like, did you approach them? Did they approach you? How did that all come about? Yeah, good question. So I used to be a mentor for an organization called Amachi, which basically you mentor a, a, a child whose parent is incarcerated. And so through that relationship that I had with, with them, you know, I was talking to them about you know, sort of civic champs, and they actually made the introduction uh, to mentor. And so they're, you know, they're one of the uh, affiliates of Mentor, uh, one of the sort of regional affiliates, if you will. And so got to connect with Mentor. And, you know, I think maybe it's the right place, right time sort of thing where they happen to be looking for something. We were the only sort of solutions that they've they've come across that's sort of mobile first and easy to use. And so they got really excited and wrote us into the grant, uh, which then got approved. And, you know, now we're off and running. Man, that's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. We're very excited. All right. When you think of competition in the space, who or what comes to mind? 
So there's a number of competitors. There's some legacy competitors like uh, a company called Bulgistics. There's some other uh, slightly newer ones, maybe uh, Track It Forward or Better Impact. There are a few other ones that are perhaps even newer than that that uh, even use mobile apps. Golden and um, uh, MobileServe are a couple that come to mind. I think the way we differentiate is is twofold. One is certainly I think our UI is much simpler and easier to use, right? So literally for a uh, for a volunteer, there's two buttons <laughs> on, on the mobile app. It's it's pretty uh, pretty simple. I think the other thing that we think makes us unique is that you can use Civic Champs across nonprofits, right? And so instead of only working with, let's say, your local habitat, you can actually track your time with your local habitat, but also if you're a Rotarian, track your time across different other nonprofits that you're, you're servicing. And so for a user, there is the added value of having a, uh, a resume, if you will, of all of your uh, volunteering activities over time. And you're, it, I guess in my mind, you're allowed to correct me if I miscategorize here, but in my mind, you're in a kind of a crowded space, right? Not just with maybe a couple of people who might be direct competitors, but there's a, just in the not profit and volunteer space in general, there's a lot of people even at, at adjacent to you, right? Who do similar things, but different. I've, so many questions on that in general, just being in a crowded space. One is, I guess, how do you or how did you decide with the team, you know, this is going to be our niche. This is where we're going to play and we're, we're not going to play in these other areas. Uh, maybe we'll start there. I think, I think you're right that there, it's crowded in the sense that there's lots of companies adjacent or not. Um, and some, you know, that focus on donor management, that's probably the, uh, the more uh, hotter space, if you will. The piece that, you know, why we got into it is twofold. One is it's highly fragmented as a market still. And so we think that's an opportunity to still try to consolidate and or become, a, a, you know, I think fragmented market tend to gravitate towards consolidation at some point, right? Um, as as a, they mature. And so we think we are still in sort of part of the sort of the growth curve of this industry where it's, you know, it hasn't consolidated. So that's, that's exciting. Um, the second piece of it is, you know, when we first had the idea for Civic Champs, it was actually pretty different. We um, originally wanted to do a mobile game for volunteering, sort of the Pokemon Go of volunteering. Oh, I forgot about this. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah, you got to tell the story. Go. Uh, and so the the thought sort of came when I was helping with the CSR program for my last employer. And we we're thinking about, you know, do we do a day of service, etc. And it came to me that you, there's no casual way for people to do good, right? Like you could play Clash of Clans or Candy Crush for two or five minutes when you're waiting at the doctor's office, but you couldn't do the same thing and have it generate sort of positive social value, right? And so we said, could we make a game around this? And, you know, an example could be, you know, the city of um, Bloomington uh, doesn't have a digitized map of all its light fixtures because the utilities company doesn't want to share that. But there's no reason you and I couldn't go around and take photos and geotag that information, submit it, and then now the city does, right? Um, and I'm sure if you overlay that with crime rates, heat maps, that kind of stuff, there's got to be really interesting insights, right? Um 
we thought that was a really interesting idea. And so we explored it with different nonprofits, city agencies. And I think where we came to was while interesting and novel, there's just so many more fundamental pain points that nonprofits still face today, right? So much of their processes are manual and pen and paper based, right? Whether that's scheduling, like we talked about, or or uh, volunteer tracking, and even donations to some degree, you know, can be done through pen and paper. And so we said, could we leverage or think about repositioning some of the technology and 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 um, ideas that we had for the game, and instead address these more core pain points. And so when we proposed that to different nonprofits and agencies, we just got a really terrific response. And they said, oh, wow, you know, if you can do this, this would be life-changing for me, right? I, I spend 100 hours a year as an executive director, you know, managing my, you know, tracking, you know, counting, you know, recording my volunteer hours. That's not a great use of my time. And so um, that's how we got started. And so circling back to your original question around fragmentation and, and, and you know, sort of the crowdedness of the space, I would say still 70% of all the nonprofits out there still use pen and paper and, and sort of Excel spreadsheets to track a lot of this information. And so while there's a bunch of competitors out there in this sort of volunteer-specific instance, the market is still very open. In terms of you know the the solution that's going to solve this across the board for folks, and you when you reach out to a just as by by way of measuring that right when you reach out to a prospect, are you often dealing with an incumbent or is the incumbent an Excel spreadsheet? Right, so the latter, right? That that is okay. more often yeah. the case than not. Certainly, there's the distribution of you know the larger folks, right, and with more money and resources tend to have a solution in place. And are, are, when when you're in that sales cycle, are they looking at you along with a suite of other possible solutions or are is it more you're contacting them kind of and and you know leading them down this path maybe for the first time? I'd love to know but because this is part of the other thing and selling in a in a crowded space like how that's different than you know when you're when you're you know either the market leading solution or one of the only solutions in a space. So one, like I mentioned, they don't, for the most part, they don't have a solution, right? So to them, we are the first and first one that they've, they've bumped into oftentimes. Now that said, typically, if they do decide to go down the path of, you know, trying civic champs, they do one of two things. One is they're just excited about us and they don't want to do more research and say, okay, great. You know, we're, we're going to, we're going to give civic champs a uh, shot. I like you gung, or I like Ryan or whoever it is that's uh, leading the conversation or two, I would say half the time they actually then <laughs> go out and figure out what Dang other it. solutions. Yeah, exactly. They go shop a little bit, right. Which is, which is smart. And then, They'll come back and say, "Okay, you know, we, we we you guys are still the best for us." There have been a couple times where they've found another solution that might be a little bit more mature than than ours, right? Especially, I would say, maybe three or four months ago, that was more of a challenge where you know we had a more limited solution set, right? That's that really worked great for a few, you know, uh, a subset of of nonprofits with with volunteers. And now, I think as we build more and more features, we'll we can be sort of used in, a, in a, you know, increasing a larger number and types of nonprofits, right? So mentorship as an example, right? 
we yeah. probably didn't have a great solution for mentoring organizations because you know tracking hours to them is not as interesting as tracking the interactions, right? And so as we build that into the platform, now we can go after you know mentoring organizations. And so that's that's typically how the conversation goes with with the nonprofits. And I should I should mention a hundred percent of our current clients have all been referrals um, and sort of word of mouth growth. So we uh, we haven't tried any outbound outreach quite yet. We're uh, uh, we're going to explore that in in this quarter. Oh, that's super interesting. So then, what do you think that? Uh, as you, I'm sure this is top of mind. If you're looking to explore it this this quarter, what do you think that's going to look like? What are some of the techniques you guys think will you'll employ? So we're going to try inside sales first. So sort of calling folks and seeing if we can identify, um, you know, the the folks who happen to be in the market and looking for a solution. And, you know, it's sort of this, the standard playbook for, for, for inside sales, right? And you do the phone call, you get them scheduled for a, a Skype or, or Google Hangouts meeting where you can show them and you do a demo, right? The, um, so so what we're going to see what the sort of success uh, of that looks like and also what kind of ratios we, we, um, we can hit in terms of, you know, from uh, initial outreach to... Uh, demo and from demo to uh, to close, right? Those referrals that you have clearly had success with, is that a board member who serves on one not-for-profit who goes to a board, is also a board member at another and says, hey, we were so successful here, we have to do it there? Or is it more of like, I'm a volunteer at not-for-profit A, I'm also a volunteer at not-for-profit B, and I tell them, hey, I'm using this cool app at this other organization? What, like, where do those referrals come from? So it's, it's definitely a mix. Both of those have happened in the past with the board member and the volunteer. The other thing that is really neat about this industry is that actually a lot of our referrals are from nonprofits to nonprofits. I would say the vast majority of them are uh, nonprofit to nonprofit. And so what will happen is we will have a conversation. Meaning the executive director? Yeah, the executive director, volunteer coordinator, development director. Those are the three folks that we interact with the most, right? Okay. And they will say, oh, wow, this is great. You know, and, and sometimes it's not a good solution because they say, hey, you know, I only got five volunteers. You know, this, <laughs> this sounds awesome, but uh, it's not going to be a fit for us because I don't need a, a you know, I, you know, pen and paper works great when I only have five volunteers. Right. And, and but but, you know, who would be a good fit for you is XYZ friend of mine who's at this organization at the Y organization. Other instances are, you know, hey, I've tried it. I really like uh, Civic Champs. This is awesome. You know, there's a couple other organizations I can think of who could also use your services. Let me make an intro for you, right? Hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a dynamic that in my other startups, I haven't run into because, you know, whether that's in rentals or social media or whatever, it's a competitive space, right? So you have, if you're a restaurant, and you have a pricing algorithm that works great or something that drives foot traffic to you, well, you're not going to tell the restaurant next door about your great solution, right? Because that's just going to decrease the, uh, you know, the foot traffic to your store. Whereas nonprofits are not competitive. And if you have a great solution, they're sort of more than happy to share with their friends. And do you have a formal referral program in place? Like if I refer another 
executive director, I get a couple of months for free, anything like that? Uh, not right now. Uh, we probably should <laughs> at some point, you know, because you know different people have different motivations. But, you know, I think the other thing, right, if you think about nonprofits, the people that tend to go into nonprofit like to help others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so uh, I think that's sort of the the same sort of mindset that folks have in terms of sharing this with their friends, right? It's like, oh, this is a good solution. I should, you know, I should help my friends and, and share this with them. Or find This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. Talk a little bit about the product roadmap. So when you think of Civic Champs two years from now, what's different from where you are today? So there's two overriding goals that we have for Civic Champs. One is how do I provide capacity back to the nonprofit? So giving you time back so you can focus on things that matter. That's one. The second is how do I better tell your story, help you better tell your story so that you can build a robust community around your nonprofit, right? So that's sort of our high level mission and goals. And so from where we are today of, you know, sort of moving from tracking hours and then now we're going to do scheduling, we're sort of tackling a lot of what I'll call the fundamental needs or pain points. From that, I think where we want to get into is how do I also help you track other impact metrics, right? Because ultimately that's really what an, uh, what hours means, right? And then how do I help you communicate that to your champions, right? And so, for example... For a volunteer, it could be great as a communication when you say thank you that says, thank you, Mike, for volunteering as a, uh, as a mentor. As you know, every 10 hours that you mentor Gung, um, his GPA goes up by 0.1 points, right? That's such a great gift that you provided. And by the way, one of the features we have is, is converting these volunteers to donors. And so that the ask could then be made around, you know, Gung is going off to college now. Would you consider donating $10 a month towards his textbook fund that, that we're setting up for him, right? Um, but, but how do we communicate that impact and messaging so that you can build a mo- more robust community around your nonprofit, right? So those are the sort of things that I think will be a little different as we grow into the next couple of years. It's fantastic. How do you talk with customers or prospects about those new features? I'd love to know kind of from a customer discovery perspective, how you marry up the conversations you're having in the wild with what you think is the next best, you know, feature to build on the, on the platform. Sure. There's um, there's two things that drive that. One is feature sets and needs that we don't have today, where people say, "Hey, if you if you if you can add this, we will sign up." And we have a number of LOIs signed with different nonprofits uh, that are sort of uh, shaped like that, where 
someone says, you know, that's why we're working on scheduling. They say, hey, tracking hours is great, but what I really need integrated is this scheduling feature um, where I can have self-sign up abilities and then track their hours. So we said, great. Well, if we build it, will you buy it? How much? And then we and, and we sort of put that on the roadmap. And, um, and that's helpful because then we have a dollar number associated with the uh, roadmap, right? Which is great. The second thing in, in what we try to do is identify sort of pain points and think about how we can address them, right? And so one of the, you know, top one or two issues that nonprofits always bring up is, you know, we have a you know funding shortfall or we we're looking for ways to, you know, increase funding, right? That's that's almost universally a pain point or a wish list, if you will, for, for a nonprofit. And so we said, okay, well, you know, it's not like we're going to say, okay, well, you know, why don't, why don't I just build a donor management thing and, you know, we'll do everything that everyone else does. We said, okay, well, if I think about our platform, what could we uniquely do that no one else can do, right? That can provide, uh, help you solve that pain point. And so that's why we have uh, this new micro donations feature that, that we've been working on and, 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 have been, you know, pushing out there, creating highly personalized but automated solicitations to your volunteers uh, for small dollar donations, right? And so at some point, ideally, for an executive director or a development director, we just become a no-brainer, right? We're the only volunteer management tool that actually pays you (laughs) to use us, right? Um, That's sort of our goal, at some point, which is we generate so much in donations that we not just, we know, we, you know, we more than pay for ourselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you feel like you have product market fit now? I think we have product market fit for a subset of the industry. And that subset continues to grow as we add features and, uh, and functionality, right? But do I think we have product market fit for everyone? Uh, the answer would be no. How do you, when you think of, I, that's a great answer, by the way. So that's right on. What, when you do think of that broader product market fit, what do you think that will look like or feel like, or asked another way, how will you know when you have it? Great. I was, I was just thinking about this this weekend. So one of the things that we're planning to launch is just a quick one question survey for our uh, existing clients, right? And I haven't quite decided if it's one or two questions that we would ask, or if it is one, which one, around the sort of capacity component that I've mentioned, right? The question could be, has Civic Champs saved you time relative to what you were doing before, right? And the answer could be, no, I spend more time, or, you know, no, it's about the same, or I spend, you know, one less hour, you know, it saves me about an hour or, or, or five hours or 10 hours a week, right? Or, you know, 10 plus, let's say. And so we'll set some threshold for uh, sort of our goals, if you will, in terms of what percentage of our clients answer sort of positively on, on that question. The other question we could ask and that's sort of stealing from um, another startup called Superhuman, the, the email startup, thinking about asking, you know, if, if Civic Champs no longer existed, you know, how disappointed would you be that the service no longer exists, right? Are you sort of A, despondent, <laughs> right? <laughs> B, don't care, right? You know, so, you know, sort of like um, a spectrum around that, right? And you might say, I want 50% plus of my clients 
uh, to answer affirmative to being sort of despondent if, if we don't exist. And that's, that's how we know that we found true product market fit or who we have a product market fit for. Interesting. And we'll also see it sort of in our numbers, right? So how quickly are able to grow, how many referrals do we continue to get? All of that, I think, is, is going to be indicative of, of whether we have product market fit too. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of what's the outside of a, well, I mean, so to know how much time you save, you kind of got to ask them, right? Which is, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a great question. I was trying, while you were talking, I was trying to think of like, what's the the hard data you could measure to kind of see if they've, you know, to, to, to try to back into that. Right. So it's one thing that to ask them and it's another to see if it's obvious, like, you know, we thought when we onboarded, when we were going through onboarding for civic champs, we said, you know, we have 20 volunteers that we manage or 200, you know, whatever the right number is, right. 20 or 200 volunteers. And then, you know, six months later, they're at 2000. Right. So, you know, grow your program too. Yeah. Yeah. Like a determinant shift, right? Like that. I mean, so are there, just got me thinking of like, are there hard numbers in your world that may not be perfect approximations, but could help you back into some of that value prop? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Each of those, again, will be more case studies or things that we'll have to ask them because what tends to happen in in terms of implementation right is oftentimes you some 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 folks will have an existing database or you know volunteers that they want to add into the system right away and so you know they'll start with 2000 and we'll know that they're at 2000 a bunch of others sort of start fresh right and say all right you know we're going to start using civic champs now and we're just going to sort of do a rolling onboarding for everyone. Yeah. And so then, you know, the numbers keep growing over the course of the year. And so after a year, we'll sort of have a baseline, right. Of, of what does it look like over the course of a year? Um, but before then it's, it's actually kind of hard to take full credit for any sort of jumps, right. They might say, Oh, well, actually last year we had the same, you know, this other big event and then, and it drove the same number of volunteers. Right. So, so each of those, I think we'll still always have to ask, whether or not like, Hey, what do you, you know, historically, you know, how, how many have you had? Oh, well, it looks like this year you're 20%, 30%, 2X, you know, um, more than, than used to be. Do you have any process for how often you take a look at the market to see what new competitors or tools have emerged? What uh, partnerships kind of fall, fall into that too, right? Like what new possible platforms you should be looking at for collaboration or partnership in some way? How often, I guess, how often do you kind of stick your head up and look around and say, oh, the world is different? Oh, as a, as a very young startup process, <laughs> um, I can't, I, you know, we, we lack a lot of processes. <laughs> um, this would be one of them. Uh, that said, I have Google Alerts. Uh, for our, you know things like our name, volunteer management, a couple of the competitors that we care about, just to see if they're ever hitting the news, right? I t- I tend to also sign up as a volunteer or uh, onto their platform, so I'll get whatever newsletters that they're sending out. So that helps me keep abreast of of sort of you what's are going. Yeah, already ahead of two thirds of your. Of your uh, of of your peers in terms of not having a process, just so you know. 
So yeah, our process is that, you know, we, uh, we have, you know, we have a Trello board that we record all the competitors we ever run into. We have, uh, interns, you know, last semester that have done competitive analyses. Now, how often will we refresh it? I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but that's a, I mean, I think that's okay. It's just the fact that you're, you have a place to put that information when you come across it and, you know, a couple of processes for how you get that information. I, uh, that's great. I mean, that's more than we do in some of our companies and probably a little less than others. It kind of, it also depends on how much competition there is in your market, I think, right. In terms of how much that's the driver. Yeah. That's that's great. And for the most part, what I I think, you know, what we try to do is bucket them a little bit, right? So talk, talk to me about that. Yeah, so BlackBot and Salesforce sort of go into one bucket, which is you know the the largest players in the space that are sort of enterprise uh, focused for the most part. What do they do? What partnership or integrations would we want to do with them? How you know how, how do we get those conversations started? And so, for example, I you know I've talked to the folks at Salesforce got a good sense of, you know, if we were to do integration, how long that would take, what they're playing a role out in terms of their roadmap. Our clients actually, or even prospects have been really open on sharing some of that data as well. So I know Salesforce was planning to do a uh, refresh on their sort of volunteer management stuff uh, this quarter originally, and that's, uh, but they're going to be now pushing that out to the next year, which isn't totally surprising. I mean, they got a lot of to be frank, I, I think they they want to they want to go and hunt blackbod customers, and so they're going to focus their efforts on donor management and and have that sort of eight hundred pound gorilla fight <laughs> with each other. <laughs> and, and volunteer management is just not um, you know not an area where they're probably going to dedicate a lot of resources for the time being, which makes sense. Yeah, totally. If folks want to get a hold of you, or if they want to learn more about Civic Champs, what's the best way to do that? You can find us on our website. There's sort of a contact us uh, link. Uh, civicchamps.com is our website. Also, feel free to uh, email me directly. It's uh, my first name, Gung, G-E-N-G, at civicchamps.com. I may regret putting this out there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, we're a small company, so we're always happy to chat with whoever is uh, interested in reaching out to us. Awesome. Gung, thank you so much. And truly, congratulations on the partnership. That is uh, awesome. And I think this episode will drop right when uh, that becomes public. Excellent. That's, uh, that's great. Thanks, Mike. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.